hitting record yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what you're hearing is a conversation that has been going on for a minute or two. Right. Uh, come from away. Do we see that together? Uh, I don't. Uh, did we? Isn't that did, this? Oh, it, yeah. Then we went to. Then we had. Remember that I had the uh, lobster risotto or whatever. For, is that the night we had lobster risotto? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That cost 280 bucks or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, regrets. See, that's twice in a short period of time I've got stung by food, right? By not, <laughs> by not doing my homework on the pricing. Um, I've got some... Uh, tomorrow's our email day because this is uh, the first uh, long week we're working. Although it's only short-lived because next week is a, another short week for us. Well, you're taking the Queen's Day off. Well, we're taking right? Monday off because we... We, unlike the provincial government, we will be mourning Her Majesty's passing. I will be observing her death by golfing, obviously. And Fred, how will you spend? How will you spend Her Majesty's mourn day? I'm not sure yet, Howard. Will you be it up won't north? Be mourning. It won't be mourning the Queen. Hmm? You won't mourn the Queen. You won't say, "Oh, that's too bad. She's passed away." She was yeah. yeah okay. She was ninety six. Yeah, but she has so much left to live for. <laughs> <laughs> well, she died. She died in Scotland. She died too soon. <laughs> she died in Scotland, and then yeah. that's where the game of golf was created. Theoretically, yes. Theoretically. Thank so, you, Dan. So there you go, tying yeah. it all together. Tying it Honoring together. The queen honor by going uh, full on golf. Yeah. Can we stretch this point a bit right now? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm getting back to some... By, by the way, I will tie this back to food here for you in a second. Okay, yeah. There's a, a, a pretty neat food story in the news today. You're talking about the Michelin stars? Or, yeah, 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 that is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, why don't we save that? Do you want to do that now? I don't, I don't care. When but do you want to do it? What I want to say yes. is twofold with... I agree with uh, Premier Ford. It's ridiculous to have a day off. Spring that on small business and companies like just a, a few days ahead. So I don't know why Trudeau did it. You know, all the federal employees, they get a lot of time off anyway. But I agree with Ford, you know. It will be a national day or a provincial day of observance or whatever and maybe a moment's silence. Even that, to me, is a bit of a stretch. But I agree. But, you know, with these estimates, when they say, like in Ontario, it would cost businesses like $2 billion for that day to become a holiday. I wonder how they calculate that. Because business, you know what I mean? Like... How do how do they calculate that? Because a lot of business would be done anyway, and it's just one day. And yeah, if you well, couldn't go on Monday, you would go on Tuesday. You know what I mean? But like I think uh, the cost. Well, to answer your for, I don't know what my my initial thought when we talked about it yesterday was that I think it was two to four billion dollars. But it's isn't part of what that would cost is in having to pay people. For, for that working? day, for not working. Uh, yeah, I guess. Wouldn't that be the point. bulk yes, of the of it, the cost yeah. of it? Not part of it. Wouldn't that? Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, you're saying to a small business, on Monday, you've got to pay your employees one day's wages. Think of all the businesses in Ontario. But is that a tangible thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. You, to a small business, or not, it is. They'd be there. And it's is the business going to suffer? Well, they're paying. Think about this. They're paying employees. Mm. To not work at the same time, they're losing the money from not being open. 
Yeah. However, most yeah. of those businesses are federally regulated businesses as opposed to provincial, so it would be mostly huge corporations. No, but we're saying that the, right? I, no, but the the companies in Ontario that would have been forced to, to shut down Monday for a stat mm-hmm. are losing oh, for provincial stat. Provin- yeah, okay. That's what I'm saying. The yeah. the provincial. Oh. They're losing yeah. the revenue of that day, and that's probably a couple billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So revenue lost. Sure. They have to pay wages anyway. So strike them. Mm-hmm. That's no, that's good. Yeah, yeah. They'd have to pay somebody whether they're there or not, but they won't be making any money that day mm-hmm. because an old lady croaked. <laughs> right. You know, no, I would like a, and that's a great explanation. I think um, I would like sort of, I should take the time to see what the definitive answer is for that it's just always bewildered me but to me this is just all so unnecessary and i'm thinking what's trudeau doing is the the you know is this a bit of a political thing a demographic thing he knows older canadians and people that would vote liberal you know will remember this as some great gesture or something but it's quite a disruption needless for someone that's not even canadian yeah I, I disagree with that 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 part well, i can't you disagree well, i disagree <laughs> what no i'm gonna disagree we all can't just bow down every time you make one of your fantastic points <laughs> oh no, i'm i no, said you, disagree I'm disagreeing. The, the floor is yours well the i just disagree i mean like I, i'm not a monarchist but i'm somebody that's mm. lived in the country for 62 years it's not a trudeau thing it's the what what the prime minister has to do is acknowledge and and you you covered part of it demographically older canadians but not just older canadians you know for what she's been to this country good or bad or whether you agree with it or not she's been the queen of canada for a million years and you know for the prime minister and i don't think it's political that's where i disagree with you i don't think it's a political move i think it's the The thing to do when you're the head of our country, like I guarantee you, Australia, New Zealand, all the other monarchist countries are taking Monday off or federally. They're observing that. I'm saying right now, (laughs) I don't know. You don't know that. But what I just take exception is it's not a political move. It's the head of our country acknowledging uh, uh, someone that's made, you know, been important to Canadians. Not not all of them anymore, but to a large degree for a long time. Now and you go, and I'll go with you to the point of we didn't need a national and now it's a fragmented national holiday. It was so disruptive there. It could have been a national day of mourning. The flags are at half staff. If at 11 o'clock or 11 a.m. a moment of silence, mm-hmm. I get all mm-hmm. that. That's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. But a total business disruption for the monarchy when most of the provinces are saying we cannot do this it's to me it's all really needless fine and and i just by the way i agree with the fact that ford isn't doing it in ontario Mm -hmm. and federally the companies that are or the federal employees taking the day off and as you said that's not a huge disruption to business uh what other provinces are is it up to each province to opt in or out yes that was that was the announcement and uh do you know any provinces that opted in well, I heard, no, I heard a, a, a few yesterday were like Ontario. It was just all, it was sprung on them too quick. It is a little quick. I get that. Yeah. And as oh, we and said. somebody dies, I mean. Well, you know, but we all knew, hey, we couldn't have predicted at some point in the leaf. Like when the leaves were dying, so was the queen. No, but here's the point, Dan, to your retort there. Retorting. It wasn't like <laughs> the queen is 96. Hey, when she dies in the next year or two, let's be prepared 
to uh, declare a national holiday. None of that was discussed. That's the problem. Right. Well, I'm, I, I, I'm sure for COVID yeah, and a few I, other, you know, big important things. Yeah, but I think like everything else to do with her death, there was probably a, there's been a plan in place. Yeah. And I think by giving the provinces the option, it kind of covers that as a federal response. Here's our here's what we here's what Canada's doing. And that's, I think, the right thing to do. But provincially, we don't have to do it because it is, you know, it's, we just came back from Labor Day. So that was a stat. Uh, and then a couple of weeks later, you'd have another stat with Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of days off for small businesses. Sure. And, the, you it, know, and again, that's that's uh, sort of the point of it all. It's, just, uh, a question, it though. Mm-hmm. A quick question for both of you, because I, I, I saw this. Is it half staff or half a mast? Half mast is a boat. I right. Think, that, that would half make sense. staff is a, a, a flagpole. No, I was going to say. So, what about you, Dan? Will you be at half staff on Monday? Hey, <laughs> okay. hey come hey. on, Freddie! Dan's got to spend the whole day on his back. That's right, at half mast. It only took um, eleven um, minutes today. No, that was eight minutes and fifty-six seconds. <laughs> okay. By the way, um, <laughs> yes, yes, we're we're you know. Whatever we're observing on Monday, I forget what you called it. But, you know, federal employees, that includes radio stations. Remember that traditionally? It's, uh, they're regulated by the federal government radio stations, so you fall under that umbrella. So there'll be a lot of radio people working, but they'll get a loo day. Um, and here we are online, of course, not affected by that. But if the, uh, you know, the Canadian government eventually regulates online Content will we become part of that? Um, I don't know, man. Well, these are questions that need to be answered. Uh, back to the food thing. So tomorrow is email day because we're working tomorrow. <clears throat> and by the way, okay, so Monday we're taking a day off because of the Queen. I will say this: <laughs> uh, we had already planned. I, I Dairy need, Queen. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I like a Dairy Queen. Um. I go over to Dilly DQ. Bar. I, I go over to DQ every once in a while. I get myself a dip cone, a dilly bar. No, you keep, you said dilly bar. I said dip cone. Oh, I like a dip cone. What's wrong with the dilly bar? I remember nothing. The dilly bar. Do they still do those? I think so. I don't know. Oh wow, dilly bar. Right. Well, there's nothing wrong with a dilly bar. When a person doesn't choose a dilly bar, it doesn't mean you know there's something wrong. But they just. <laughs> Oh, quick! By the way, I told Dan Fred a quick update from yesterday's show where I learned about recycling. You know, Dan's very judgy. So I in Dan's honor yesterday, I was cleaning up from dinner and I I had a couple soiled paper towels and I instead of putting them in the recycling as I learned yesterday, I put them in the organic refuse. Yeah. In the awesome. in the organic. So I'm now going to be on the right side of Dan Duran should he ever come to visit again. Yes, I'll give you a little gold Excellent. star. Yeah. Gold Excellent. star. Start. Uh, anyway, tomorrow, uh, uh, emails, and there's been a few about how expensive your fish and chip order was. And you, just to remind everyone, you had, was it haddock or halibut? No, it was ha- three pieces of halibut. And they were $20 each. Yeah. And so your order with tax was $77, three pieces of halibut, two chips, medium mushy peas, small gravy, $77. Okay. And I'll tell you, I beat myself up to the point yesterday. Even my mother-in-law said, oh, Freddie, let it go. <laughs> and what did you say? <laughs> Mom, I have nothing else to occupy my time. Yeah. Uh, two chips of seven. Okay. So I did a little research. Mm-hmm. 
So here's interesting. I said there's a place down the street from us here in the, our office on the Queensway that I have had their fish and chips. And I was just curious what it would cost to do the same order. And the reason I think it's interesting for me was you'd think it would be as expensive here in the city or more so than Brampton. <clears throat> if you wanted fish and chips, halibut, like an yeah. order including yeah. chips at a place here on the uh, Queensway is called Viking Fish and Chips. Mm-hmm. That's 15 bucks. For, and that includes no, chips. I know. No, I if know. you just wanted fish only, halibut, $12. So if you had yeah. filled the same order here, three times 12 is 36. A couple of chips mm-hmm. is seven. It would mm-hmm. be $43. I don't have a mushy pea right. uh, comparable. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I saw they, they, every, I, I could do everything except the mushy peas and the mushy peas weren't that good the, the one thing I will say these were very large pieces of fish like when you get fish and chips and they come in a box usually you know it lays along the box usually the width of the box say these were probably twice that but again I didn't ask for that and maybe it was the way the way I asked Separately, if I'd have said three orders, maybe they the pieces would have been smaller. I don't know. All I know, it was a big hit for the Fred man. It was a big hit. Yeah. What are you? What will you do? How will you pay? How will you buy groceries for the rest of the week? Hmm. Oh, hang on a second. Uh, I'm looking under sides. Uh, still no mushy peas. What is that, by the way? I know it's a British thing. Like, what is that as a? Continuing to tell you about food. So somebody said, hey, why don't we take some peas and overcook them? (laughs) And mush them up? And mush them up. Like, here's a great idea. Let's overcook these peas. Yeah. But I'll tell you, Howard, with some malt vinegar on it. Oh, it's fantastic. However, they weren't very good. I overheard Delise talking to her brother. Uh, Clyde checked in and he said, you know, they always they get fish and chips every Friday night at this place. They get haddock. And for three orders, it's not even $40. No. It just was like a dagger in my heart. Oh, I and, bet. Um, but that's haddock, not halibut. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know what? I, I would like to do that like a wine test and a beer test, right? Like give pe- people don't give them some halibut and give them some haddock yeah. and see if they even knew the difference. Probably. Yeah, no kidding. Um, uh, I overheard Delise talking to her brother and uh, the, the subject of mushy pea came up and she said something like, it was like pablum. Yeah. So, so mushy peas should have, you could, they, it should have some, um, like, literally peas in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's almost, it's mush. not mushy. It's yeah. a little al dante. By the way, yeah. Haddock yeah. at yeah. this place, and I don't know, I, I only, I'm, and we don't, they're not a sponsor yet. Uh, if you wanted Haddock, it's seven fifty a piece. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'd say. You know, I really hadn't thought of fish and chips for a while, but now I'm, like, craving them. I was contemplating, and Delise said, go ahead. I was thinking of calling them yesterday and just saying, um, just so you know, you're a business, you want feedback, that it was my fault. I didn't ask for the price. I was taken aback when I got there, and it was $77, which to me was outrageous. And I got it home, and we ate it, and it just it wasn't that good. It so just so you know, my experience, price and quality was not good. 
And then I thought, what's that? It's just going to make somebody feel bad or say to me, fuck you. And uh, mm-hmm. that would be yeah. over. Mm-hmm. You know, in modern times where we're living now, you know what you could do? And if you did it in a constructive manner, it might be good for the business. Rather than no, call. Uh, no, I was going to say, rather than call mm-hmm. and get all Freddie P on them. Uh, you know, yelling and making somebody cry. Rather than do oh, that. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll go with that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mm. Howard carries Kleenexes in his back pocket just in case. <laughs> A little double reverse. Yeah. Anyway, anyway but I am I'm being quasi-serious by saying what you might do in a constructive way is yeah. go on and give them a like it's effective give them a give them a google review let me finish and let them respond and and I'm being serious now like oh, okay. businesses rely on those reviews more than we even know because we're not you know we're not in the real world but I I know from you know I can't remember who uh, I did something with recently. And they said, hey, why don't, can you give me a good review, a Google review? I'm like, sure. Um, but that might be effective for this business. You know, maybe you don't use your right. name because as soon as you put in Freddie P, everyone's like, oh, the great Fred Patterson can't afford 77 books. Yeah, no, uh, great point, Howard. Maybe I should do that. Um and as I thought about it, you know, you know, it was my fault on so many um, levels on. Uh, I saw on their online menu, no prices. That should have tipped me off. When I ordered over the phone, usually I just say, hey, what's the total going to be on that? So I know I'm prepared. I didn't do that. Yeah. When I got to the place and she said $77, I could have easily said, I'm sorry, that's too much. I, I, I can't buy this. Didn't do that. So here I sit, you know, with a lot of the responsibility. Well, again, as I said to you guys yesterday, I order... You know, a lot of, I, you know, I'm involved in the takeout world, as you know, and I've never seen anyone's online menu not include the price. Well, you know, sometimes, honestly, I have, but it's usually higher in restaurants. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. may, yeah. And, and I don't know yes. if we want to start the show and talk about these Michelin star restaurants. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that I've looked at an online menu of a very high end restaurant and, yeah. you know, you'll see things like you know, market price or, uh, but it is still, even in that case, unusual not to see any numbers at all. I know. Yeah. But you know what? Here's the problem too. Prices have increased so quickly, so rapidly yeah. that maybe some places have just taken the prices off. They can't keep up with it or they haven't been able to update it or they yeah. don't want to leave the previous price because everything with this uh, current wave of inflation, it's popped up a lot. So who knows what the explanation is? Uh, speaking of inflation, um, Markets went a little bit uh, crazy yesterday, and uh, as always, timing couldn't be better to talk to Tim Niblett. You know, he's a calming influence. He'll be with us today. And um, it feels like it's been a long time. Maybe you guys can... It seems like it's been a long time since Bill Brio has been with us. Did we miss a, an appearance of his? Uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, he's been on every month for a long time, and it just seems like it's been a... Well, anyway, he's on today. Mm-hmm. He's got a great, uh, a bunch of recommends. But I want to ask Bill about something I read, and maybe you guys have heard this too, that Netflix is changing one of their policies to do with some shows. 
and I wonder what Bill thinks of it. It's the um, they may be introducing the idea of dropping shows weekly, as opposed to just you know spitting out all episodes of a of a season. <clears throat> They're also proposing a, a cheaper platform that's going to include commercials. Yes, exactly. Mm. Which is interesting for a couple of reasons, and we can have this discussion with Bill, but those two ideas, introducing commercial role and not... The whole idea of Netflix was to binge shows. You know, yes. Netflix and chill, that five-year-old trope, but that was right. about sitting at home and watching the entire season in one sitting. So yeah, I'll be interesting to see what, what you. This, I wonder what they. Uh, re, I wonder what the uh, what the thinking is there. Mm. Well, maybe now there's more uh, value in destination viewing kind yeah. of stuff. So, so I suppose you know, like whatever the uh, the pre game of Game of Thrones or whatever, instead of dropping it all at once, you're you're you mm-hmm. know, waiting for it every week, like you did with the original, right? Yeah, so. and and that's a great point, Dan. That uh, you know, you and I, you were here. And we watched the first episode of House of the Dragon. And I know I've, we've said this to Freddie. When you get around to it, by the time you do, it'll all be there. But I've been watching it now uh, four episodes in. And just like old-fashioned television, like mm-hmm. Sunday night when I went to sleep, I was like, oh, that episode is going to you know, be on tonight. I'll watch it tomorrow. There's something about that. I, I know it seems old-fashioned, but I kind of like it. Howard, I was uh, I was going to say the same thing because Delise and I were like that with Yellowstone. Um, it just drops one a week, and you know you look forward to it. Yeah. And, hey, it's Sunday night. We're going to watch Yellowstone. We get our sponge cake and berries and sit there. And watch it <laughs> after after she sponge after she gives your berries a sponge bath. There you go, Freddie. Yeah, Need a little berries. No, but it is. No, it is. Yeah. Um, that appointment viewing it can be fun. And, the and anticipation. I, Mm-hmm. And and I don't know uh, we we've both and we all three of us have I'm sure talked about how there's something um, I'm going to say addictive but there's something I don't know I don't like sitting there for three episodes back to back to back I just feel like it's like a waste of my time I agree but but Monday when I watched episode four of this I, I was that was enough for me it was like one episode and then. As opposed to like, okay, just hit next, you know, uh, whatever that thing is, uh, next episode. It was over, and I was like, okay, now I have to wait a whole week to find out what's happening with these characters. Tell me, can you answer this question? Because I rack my brain sometimes thinking about this. Let's go back 25, whatever number of years. There was no streaming. You know, you could rent VCRs, but it wasn't TR, um, yeah. You know, your VCR, you could rent stuff or whatever. You could rent VTR, VCRs, too. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? And then everything was pretty much on television. You know, those were mostly movies that you would rent. Was appointment viewing. There were some nights that were a lot weaker than others. Like mm-hmm. Thursday night, you knew what you were going to be doing. Yeah. All those nights that there wasn't streaming and all this content, it wasn't. Well, what did you do with your time? You weren't on your phone. You yeah. weren't online. Yeah, what, what, what were you doing? Like, That's I, a great question. Yeah. Because there, there would have been nights, like Thursday was definitely, you know, we'd sit yeah. there and watch two or three episodes, yeah. Seinfeld and then Friends or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But there must have been a Wednesday and Tuesday or, you know, where we weren't sitting there for hours and hours watching television. No. 
Yeah. When my kids were little, I remember spending a lot of those evenings, you know, reading to them as they went to bed. And then because of our jobs, mm-hmm. oftentimes after I put my kids to bed, I went to bed. Mm-hmm. And that's another point I wanted to make, too, that, you know, you and I and Dan to a degree, you know, I was going to bed at 930 or 10 on most nights. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. TV, you know, when kids were little, there wasn't a whole lot of TV on those nights. No. And, and on the nights there was, there might have been one show I would watch or you and I would watch. And then yeah. you'd got to go to bed. Yeah. But even beyond that, it was like now if there's nothing on or you're not interested, you can wander over to your computer and start dicking around with that. Well, that didn't exist. Or you yeah. sit there on the couch with your phone and go through whatever. That didn't exist. It, uh, it's interesting. Uh, and I still have one mm-hmm. habit from those days is is that i never in those days of being a home all afternoon and being around the kids and such i never watched television excuse me i just didn't i had this thing i just didn't want to be home all afternoon waiting for the kids to come home from school watching tv but even then howard there wasn't a lot on exactly you know know, now now anything you want anytime you want is available yeah you think about the time that we could have spent Mm-hmm. You know, all afternoon, we're catching up on shows, looking at your phone that we didn't do. And what I and I and I've said this before, I don't like to turn any TV show viewing on until after seven o'clock. Like I'll watch right. the news on my computer if I'm cooking. Right. But I don't like to sit down in front of the TV until the evening. Mm-hmm. Speaking of morning, guys, um, Dan, when you did mornings the last time. Yes. Uh, and that's when you were also a program director, right? Uh, for radio. For yeah. radio, yeah. We did mornings. I did was, was, TV it was mornings, TV. too. Yeah. I kind of know the answer for Fred, but did you ever like have a, a full-on nap, or were you still doing Dan Duran naps, like 20 minutes? Uh, 20 minute naps, always. Really? Then, then now, yeah. Every day. Because when I got up at 3.30 in the morning, or 4 in the morning all those years, by the time the early afternoon came, I would have a full-on nap. I didn't do 20 minutes. I would get into bed and have a nap. Did you do that, Freddie? Uh, pretty much, yep. Well, what do you mean full-on? Full-on. Like I long? mean, like, well, no, uh, the reason... An hour. So yeah, an hour. Long. Like, I, I, the only reason I bring it up is because, I, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, I, for some reason, was awake at 3.30 in the morning and uh, didn't get so much sleep after that. So yesterday afternoon, when I got everything ready for the kids... I went upstairs and I thought, I need to sleep. And I, I did a full-on morning guy nap. Got undressed, got into bed, an hour and 15 minutes. And it was, a good nap. it was a good yeah. nap. Perfect but I, nap. I hadn't done that in a long time. You know, like I was, I've done the Dan Duran nap. Like I'll sit down in a chair, mm-hmm. close my eyes 20 minutes and I'm back. But yeah. Well, it's either that or the hour and a half, hour, 20 minutes. What you took. Those are the two good naps in my book. As far as booking naps, I, 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 once in a while, but twenty minute or is good for me. But I do the same thing. I, you know, I take clothes off and whatever, just mm-hmm. do that. If I, if you know, if I'm near my bed, I don't do it in a car. Oh, I bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> I remember in those days sometimes catch up naps where you know Delise was working, the kids were at school. I'd come home, 
you know, we'd be pushing noon and then yeah. go upstairs and maybe like at four o'clock make myself get up like three, four hours. No. You know, if you had been out a couple of nights and you just needed to catch up. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And they were good, man. There was some of them. I could, I had to make myself get up. <laughs> no, There's I know. Something about that afternoon nap that the sleep is so delicious. Eh? Well, that's the thing is. I don't know that I can't remember doing four hours, but I do remember doing a couple hours and waking up and feeling horrible. Oh, yeah. Like you've just been punched in the face. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, within a few minutes, you're OK. But I remember the Friday afternoon nap as being the best one of the week. And the reason is I wouldn't set my alarm. Mm-hmm. I just say, OK, if I'm going to sleep for an hour, a couple hours, that's fine. But uh, you yesterday, punched in the face. Have I have been. been yes, I've been punched oh. in the face. No, I've never done that. Can you, what are you kidding me? Look at me. Who wouldn't want? To, who wouldn't <laughs> who punch wouldn't me in the face? You. Exactly. That's a good question. I don't know if I. I think I've been punched in the face when back in public school. Never beyond that. Yeah, I got punched in the face a couple times in hockey. Pretty good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dan, how about you? Nope, never, never, never had been a, punched in the face. Nope. Dan almost got punched in the face though. Yeah, at the Harwood. <laughs> it's funny. At Harwood Hotel all, Bar. Know, when you know somebody as long <laughs> as we've known each other, all, it's just, that is funny. I wasn't sure if you were going to remember the incident, but yeah, it was yeah. just, uh, <laughs> that's yeah. right. I was on the air and one of our mutual friends, Danny Kay, called me up and said, hey, are you, uh, when you're done, you got to get down here because some guys want to punch Dan around in the face. And I said, I'll be right there. Guys I went to school with. <laughs> what, could really? have, what could you have possibly done? Oh, Andrew? you know. I have no idea. It wasn't anything, I don't think. I just I maybe looked at him the wrong way. There's Moose Jaw hooligans. New, new guy in town, and I'm That's not right. you know, one of the whatever. You know. I sat in the wrong chair. Who knows? I had this problem over the years. Um, I walk into a room, people say, did somebody punch you in the face? <laughs> That's right. And I go, no, no. Uh, this is just how this I look. This is me. This yeah. is me. <laughs> I walk into a room, people are lining up. Who gets to punch him in the face first? <laughs> All right, Dan, do your thing. Daddy. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in trendy Toronto, beautiful Brampton, and from the Kawartha Heights of Peterborough. And is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. And now here are two men who start every day asking the question, halibut or haddock? Haddock or halibut? Hmm. It's Humble and Friends. And Dan Duran. Dan Duran. Well, I've already mentioned everyone is going to be on the show. Bill Brio. Interested to see what uh, he has to say. Nibble it, of course. Um, it'll be interesting talking to Bill, too, because, uh, you know, he's covered television for a long time. And uh, he may have some perspective on this Lisa LaFlamme thing. Like, he, he brings up an interesting point in these notes I'm looking at about, you know, she got hired to do some correspondence for uh, City TV. And I'm not sure if you said it or somebody said it, but wouldn't there have been a non-compete? Well, that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, same with me. And then Bill makes the point, maybe it's just the, it's so hot, even if she does, they're thinking, no, no, now we're, now it's going to get out that we're preventing her from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but which is pretty standard. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I went through that. You for 36 months, me for 27 months, I wasn't allowed to work in this market. In fact, Mm -hmm. there was one time where I appealed it 
I had been uh, approached by a company in Hamilton mm-hmm. to do mornings. And I remember going to the company saying, hey, could I take this job and still get paid? And it went back and forth a little bit between the lawyers and Gary and everyone. And, and finally, it came back that they didn't want me to do mornings in that market because they had a station in that market. Mm-hmm that I would be competing against. So I kind of get it. But in this case with Lisa, she had two years left on her deal. I heard. Yeah, yeah something like that. So they've paid her or they're going to pay that two years mm-hmm. uh, while she does some part-timing for City TV. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Frederick. Mm-hmm. Frederick Patterson. Yes. I think we should take uh, a second here while we begin the show and uh, acknowledge some of the fine folks that help us make it fresh each and every day. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Get a free quote today. It's there at chamberplan.ca. All sorts of testimonials, small businesses that have become part of the Chamber Plan and uh, how it's worked for them. Yeah, it's right there. The name, people's names and the names of their uh, their companies. So the proof's in the pudding. Uh, whether it's uh, prescriptions or dental plans or therapies, uh, they have an HR component now. Mental health, very important in these mixed up times that we're in. Listen, the Chamber Plan has it covered from top to bottom. Hey, eh? to find out more today, go to chamberplan.ca. Do you recognize this, Dead Kennedys? It's a holiday in Cambodia. You know, it's one of those things I, I know we, we played at CFNY at the edge, but uh, I don't really recall playing it on our show. I'm, I'm surprised you haven't played God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols. I'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the meantime, I'd like to get to this. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Uh, We've been talking about uh, Charles taking over the last couple of days. And I think you made this point. Like, you know, why do you need this? Who wants to start a new gig at 75? And sure, and part of the reason I think, and it's already come to light... And I thought of what we or you said when this incident happened with the pen. Yeah. You know, seven, uh, listen, a 75 year old man, you know, gets a leaky pen. You know, you, show, you can see him getting a bit like pissy with it. So what? All of us could do that, except when you're King Charles the third and you're, you know, he's had scrutiny his entire life and now it's going to become a hundredfold. And even though everyone's up in arms about, oh, the prince or the king acted, whatever. I'm like, you know, this is his life now. This is probably part of what he doesn't want to be bothered with is everyone pouring over every little misstep that he makes now. Yeah. No, I agree. And you guys talked about it yesterday. I hadn't seen it. So I watched it a couple of times yesterday. In fact, there was even another incident after that where they questioned his behavior and what the impression i got was just it was a, a man sitting there going uh, thinking i just don't want to be here 
Yeah. Just, he just doesn't want to be dealing with this at, at this point in his life. And not only that, this is a man who just yeah. lost his mother. And yeah. you say what you want about her being the queen or not. It was his mummy. And I know it's a 75-year-old man, but listen, you and I both lost our parents. And I lost my dad in my mid-40s. Mm-hmm. And I was devastated because it's like, okay, well, now I'm on my own, even though I was a 46-year-old orphan. But, you know, mm-hmm. he's dealing with this while he's mourning the loss of his mother. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. I, yeah. It's, it's just the, the whatever, the, the microscope he's going to be under now. Mm-hmm. Again. Yeah. You've got to be... Well, remember what they used to say to us even in, in radio at our level. I, I remember it was David Marsden that schooled me that in early. Whenever you're out in public, you've got to think about everything you say and do. Yeah. Because there's going to be somebody there waiting for you to do something wrong. Always. You went through the same thing, and it's so true. You know, if you meet Humble and Fred from, um, you know, CFNY, if they're nice guys, well, you sort of expect it. But do something wrong, and that's mm-hmm. all they want to talk about, even at our level. So, yes, Dan, what's wrong? Dan Duran is back. Thing. Dan, you left, and then you now you've returned. I've returned because I, I was going to do this story in my news, but since you're talking about it, this is not Pen 1. This is Pen 2. This is Pen yes. Incident 2. Because yeah, you were talking about the pen incident from yesterday. It was oh, okay. different than today. There's, two, there's more than one pen incident. Mm. Yes. Yeah. This this one is he got angry yesterday yeah. as he attempted to sign a visitor's book during a visit to a Northern Ireland Hisbo, Hillsborough Castle. Oh, yeah. And then he... And that, is I this can't the one where he, this bloody thing was thinking <laughs> time when it leaked. I had a fountain pen that leaked. I could bear this bloody thing. Then that's when he got up and Camilla sat down and, and signed yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. Do you have the audio for that? Uh, I haven't gotten that well, far. I was going to say, maybe for up. your news, come back with the audio, because I was just going to try and search it. But if you come back in a half an hour, whenever you come back, 20 minutes. Yeah, coming up, yeah. Um, yeah, that's when I watched the original yesterday. Then, yeah, the second one popped up, too. And I'm thinking, woo. Pen to But Dan. He just, he's not happy. Well, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, again, I, I, I just think that I don't know what we'd expect from somebody who just lost their parent. A couple of days ago. And, and then all of a sudden, as I said to Fred Dan a second ago, like he's been under scrutiny his whole life. Of course, that period with his Di- ears and stuff. His ears. Well, and Diana. Like you think about the kind of and then the kids leaving and all this stuff and, you know, and the Camilla thing and, and all of that. And, and now it's going to become way worse because of social media, because before something like that would happen. And you'd has uh, we've said this a thousand times. You'd have to wait till the news to watch the video. <laughs> but you know, if I really wanted to, I could get it for you right now. It's just well, you're talking about a normal person, and these are these people aren't normal. The, the Windsor, yeah, you know, but they are the, human the, beings, though. Well, barely. <laughs> it's uh, like, you no, know, you know. Listen, I I agree. It's uh, they're in a position where they have to be more mindful. And again, even at our level, I mean, again, we've had that experience. When you're in the public eye, you have to be a little more mindful of your behavior because people are ready to pounce. Well, look at that level. Yeah. So, yeah, his mom died. And, yeah, you know, he's a bit annoyed. But he's also equipped with the knowledge that everything I do is going to be scrutinized. Oh, for sure. And that was a little bit of a hissy fit. And then you think, would the queen have ever done that? Probably not. So, no. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'll go search. All right, Dan. Thank you very much for your service to this 
program. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. All that is true, but at the, you know, the basics of it, the basic, uh, uh, the bottom line is, you know, he's, he's uh, you know, he, he got he's a 75-year-old guy. That's another thing to remember. You know, men as they age can sometimes be a bit cranky. Right. Do you think he had his ears adjusted or pinned back over the years? Because uh, remember, every cartoon or caricature of him or... Remember, they used to have his ears like sticking. Oh yeah, no, no. yeah. And now know. you don't even really notice his ears. Maybe his hair is longer, but I think he may have had them pinned back through like surgery. a Doberman pincher. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's a little. I could. See, I thought I could see little ribbons on the back. A little what? <laughs> little ribbons. On the back. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's funny. King King Doberman pincher. Bill Brio, turn your uh, camera on. It's time for Bill Brio, people. Or is it? Because you never know. You never know with Bill. The technology sometimes eludes him. Hey, Bill. Good morning, Howard. Can you hear me? Yeah, man. Yes, there he is. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Welcome to the program. Billy, before we get started, did we miss one of your appearances? I said to Freddie and Dan a second ago, it seems like uh, it's been a while since we've talked to you. Um. Yeah, I think I, I didn't do one, but I don't think you missed it. <laughs> oh, I disagree, my friend. Well, it would have been at the beginning of August. <laughs> yeah, there, there was an August date there. I yeah, think, yeah, uh, yeah. It just uh, it, it seemed to be jumbled, but here we are. I'm glad to be back. <clears throat> it's great. It's glad. I'm. We're glad to have you. And by the way, um, yesterday, because we're going to talk about some new comedy, Freddie said something that my brother. Edmonton Steve took uh, offense to. He said, next time Fred talks about how there are no shows featuring Canadian comics, you can point to the Mercer series, which Bill's going to talk about. But also, my brother Steve uh, produced uh, Roast Battle Canada. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, One of the guys there. uh, He's one of the guys working on that show. Yeah. But was that on the comedy? My point was the comedy network. I know there's comedy shows, and the CBC seems to handle a lot of them. But I'm saying the Comedy Network was licensed to produce comedy, and they haven't done a very yeah, good job. Yeah, Roast Battle runs on the Comedy Network. Okay, well, okay, I stand well, corrected. This is letting you know. Edmonton but again, Steve. that's one yeah. show. It's a, it's a network that runs Seinfeld back-to-back all no, day long. No, for sure. Yeah. Well, actually, it runs The Big Bang Theory all day long, and now oh. Young Sheldon all day long. It, it, oh, is, okay. it actually is outrageous that you're right, uh, Fred. The terms of their contract was mm-hmm. to produce Canadian comedy, yeah. and uh, when they started, you know, way back, it had the Mike Bullard show and all this yep. stuff. Oh yeah, but they they did crank out hours and hours of Canadian comedy, and now they don't. You know, they do very very little. There's uh, Laugh Out Loud Canada. Um, Does and, uh, uh, Family Feud Canada run on the Comedy Network? Well, it's on CBC. Uh, oh, okay, uh, yeah. So no. Here's um, some fun trivia for you, Bill. Uh, the Comedy Network launch actually happened on the humble and fred show wow do you remember what we did for those guys or what we we did a breakfast on the top of the cn tower yeah and it was all the comedy network bullard was there Mm -hmm. we had our listeners there yeah and here's a fun little fact for you billy we pitched a show to them at the time um i'm not sure if you remember this freddie Mm -hmm. but at the time stern 
had yeah. just sort of started uh, televising or you know taking tape of his show and cutting it up, and and we sat down with him. I said, "Hey, listen, here we are. We've got, and it was a great idea. I thought we were right in their demo, eighteen to thirty-four year old morning show with guests and funny stuff, and we pitched the idea that we put cameras in the studio, film a bunch of stuff over the course of a week, the different people we have on, cut it up." And it was two things. It would be good for us, but then what we would give the Comedy Network is a radio show in Toronto promoting the Comedy Network. And, of course, that was turned down. We could still be doing that show today, Billy. Yeah, well, your, your suggestion made too much sense, I guess. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. There's yeah, too much promotion all. going but, on. But it is. Yeah, it is very frustrating to me to see what's become of the Comedy Network. It's like what's become of um, much music, you know. Uh, A lot of these channels were very robust, uh, you know, worldwide. uh, You know, they really got, uh, they were tremendous products. And uh, now they just keep the lights on and keep taking your dimes and nickels from your cable subscriptions. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, you know, before we move on. That's the one thing that most people don't realize. Those are considered sort of tier one um, cable channels, yeah. which means they get a nice little piece of your cable bill. Yes. Well, if they're not fulfilling the promise of performance, take them down and distribute the money in some other way or take it off your bill. Of course, that's a pipe dream. But that that they're getting significant amounts of money for run, for just running reruns. All but the, are, are they not still there, uh, adhering to their POP? I guess they've probably they must over be. the years cried. They've probably, well, they're not producing anything, so they've cried poor. And I guess the CRTC has come back and allowed this to happen on whatever level. I don't yeah, know. it's it's like, you know, if there was a, a, a major buildings downtown that were, you know, all the windows were broken and they were full of rats now, but they just leave them standing for decades. And uh, it, it, it is infuriating, really, um, because nothing happens. Um, you know, they keep announcing there's going to be a new Canadian Broadcast Act and they're mm-hmm. going to rush this thing through Parliament. And really, they were using that as an excuse to control the Internet. And what the hell? Just fix the damn thing. And, yeah. and it never gets fixed in Canada. And it is uh, outrageous, really. Well, let's talk about something that we can all agree on, that the uh, docuseries Summit 72, the 50th anniversary of Team Canada versus the uh, Soviets. And we talked about it. A few weeks ago. I can't remember how it came up. Maybe it was a month ago. But I was really intrigued by this. Let's talk about what the series is, and then we can uh, all share our memories of uh, what that series meant to us. Yeah, well, it was it's Summit 72. It premieres tonight on uh, CBC, CBC Gem. And it's a docu-series that takes you back 50 years to uh, the uh, time that Team Canada took on the USSR. And, you know, if, if you weren't there and didn't live through it, it's hard to explain the significance of it. It's just literally at that time, 98% of the players in the NHL were Canadian and uh, every team had all Canadian rosters. And so the frustration in Canada was for decades, you know, all through the 60s and 70s, the Russians, the USSR, would win at the gold medal. Uh, they would win at the Olympics, and um, our teams wouldn't even qualify. You know, would, we, we finally got so frustrated with this ban on our pros that they, um, you know, stopped going. And so at this point, Alan Eagleson and a bunch of other people put together this tournament where they took the best of the NHL and. And they did a tournament in September of 
1972. And Phil Esposito and uh, you know, Paul Henderson were the stars. Uh, Bobby Orr was injured, never played. Bobby Hall had gone to the WHA, was not allowed to by the NHL. Uh, and so, and the players back then didn't train in the summer. They ran hockey camps, they drank beer, they ate lots and lots of pasta. And so, by the, <laughs> That's time, right. by the time September rolled around, these guys thought, well, we're pros, we're going to kill these guys. And uh, the Soviet Red Army team, which plays 11 months of the year, um, the, f- the first game was 73 for Russia. And I've never, ever seen my dad look so mm-hmm. distraught. And I mean, I remember I was 15 and he could hardly wait for this mm-hmm. uh, thumping that was coming. And when it went the other way. Wow. And that's how it was in households all across Canada. And uh, very serious suddenly became very important, very dramatic and went to the eighth game and right up to the end. And it was uh, still the greatest sporting event I have ever seen on television. Mm hmm. Yeah, that um, that tie in Winnipeg was very pivotal, being the only tie it allowed a winner. It, yeah. it allowed the series to become a best of seven. I mean, the way it rolled out, I mean, you couldn't have written it any better. No, you couldn't. And, you know, and Bill, they, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I want to hear where you guys. Well, no, were, just because we, we, I don't want. We're, Fred, remind me why we were talking about this so much recently. Because we, because we, we had um, Scott Morris. We had Scott on. Morris wrote a on. book okay. about it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So we've kind of covered a little bit of that with, uh, for us, Bill. But I, I agree with everything you say. Like it was just a shock. It was the the time of my life from about sixty seven to seventy six, where I played hockey was my sport. All I did was watch it, and it was a shock. Even as a 12-year-old in 1972, it was a national shock to our systems because of our dads. I remember my dad. It was all the, we were just so sure that we were the greatest nation of hockey on earth. And all of a sudden, you know, against a background of the Cold War and, uh, you know, it was a lot of stuff. But it was just a, a hockey shock to us that we weren't the best in the world. Yeah, it was. And it, it just, just when you look back at the way it was <laughs> just our system, the Russians really taught us and changed everything because they trained. They did uh, you know, right. uh, in the summer, winter, they were running. And the way the Canadians trained, they had one less pack of cigarettes. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Some of those guys were smoking heaters in the dressing room. They absolutely right. were. Yeah. Well, back in the 70s, a player showed up to training camp to get into shape. Yeah. yeah. Now, even now in North America, you got to arrive in shape. Oh, and I, I think it, it comes from that. Yeah, you've and, always got to be in shape. The other thing is that back then, uh, players from rival teams hated each other. Like if you were on the Leafs, you never talked to anybody on the Canadians mm-hmm. or the Rangers or the Bruins. And uh, suddenly they threw all these guys in the same dressing room. A lot of them, Alan Eagleson clients, by the way. And um, they just, you know, they were like, "Well, I don't really want to have a beer with this guy." And, and they didn't really come together as a team, uh, you know. But uh, Harry Sinden was the coach. He had been coaching the Bruins to two Stanley Cups. And they, uh, you know, he tried to pull them together. But they, they just they thought these guys that they would walk all over them. Sinden yeah. only dressed five defensemen for that first game. That's mm-hmm. one reason they got crushed is they were dead tired after the first period. Well, so let's talk a little less about the actual event and talk about the series and what it does to to the event like does it like is it obviously it's gonna be worth watching it's only four episodes 
But you've seen a couple of the episodes. Does it take you back to that time and those black and white shots of uh, hockey? Yeah, it, didn't it, it seem that hockey arenas weren't very well lit in those days? <laughs> <laughs> and my question would be, Does honestly, does it tell us anything we didn't already know? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes to all those things. Um, it's fantastic. And one of the reasons it is, and I'm a film nerd. I love, I collect 16 millimeter film. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, this thing was shot originally uh, on video and it was um, CTV who broadcast it. CBC didn't, they had just carried the Olympics. So when they bid on it, they didn't get it. They didn't care. Mm-hmm. They thought this, nobody would watch this thing. So CTV started it off. You had Johnny Esau and all these guys running around. Um, but you're right. The video looks muddy. You know, in years we've seen it. It's sort of yeah. washed out. It flickers. It's not great. But they found 60 hours of 16 millimeter film that was also shot at the time. And they restored it to 5K quality. And wow. It's really breathtaking to see the sharp color uh, uh, of, of that of that film that is really nicely edited in. Um, I talked to the co-writer, co Author of it, Dave Bedini, big hockey nut, of course, the Rio, Rio Sonics, yeah. and, and um, my God, they did a lovely job, and they really told it in a Ken Burns way. You get the whole context of the times, the political part of it, and uh, a lot of fascinating stuff. And Fred, what you don't know is that you know after the Russians beat us seven to three on that first game, the the KGB let them walk up Young Street and look around. That was their reward, and uh, they went to Sam the Record Man and bought records, and it blew their minds that they could do that. And you see footage of them in Sam's. You see them walking around Young Street, and they're kings of the world that day. Yeah. And it's that kind of stuff is the most fascinating part of this documentary. And, and once again, it's on uh, CBC and CBC Gem starting tonight. It premieres. Is it? And, and and it's sort of going to tie into something we wanted to talk to you about uh, in a second when we wrap up the uh, the Team Canada thing. But it's it's uh, released in uh, it'll be a four week release, like once a week for the next four weeks, mm-hmm. okay. every Wednesday night. Yeah, and uh, I've seen the first half of it, and uh, right up till uh, Vancouver. And a, and a crushing defeat, and Phil Esposito stepping in front, in front of the mic, and the greatest reality show in the history of Canadian television. Yeah, no kidding. Talk to Johnny Esau for 35 seconds that are unforgettable. One other um, aspect towards the end of it, and of course, Paul Henderson scores the winning goal in the last three games. Remarkable. Yeah. But did you know between the second and third period of game eight, uh, I think it was Eagleson was talking to the Russians saying, you know, this has been quite a battle. If we come back and tie it and the series ends in a tie, um, they were down 5-3 apparently after two. Yeah. Um, not apparently, they were. Um, yeah. And Eagleson said, you know, it'll be a great if this ends in a tie. It's been a great battle. And the Russians said, no, 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 no. If it ends in a tie, it's goals for <laughs> right. going to we, count. We win. Yeah. No, no. Or goal differential, we win. So yeah. then Eagleson runs into the... Uh, into the dressing room and says, guys, we have to win this goddamn thing. Yeah. And they did. And and they somehow did. But, um, yeah, I mean, all kinds of shenanigans with Eagleson on the ice that game, you know, and uh, giving the finger to the crowd. Yeah, it was a lot of rude behavior for sure. Here's one thing, though. I talked to Serge Savard, the great Montreal Canadian defenseman, 10 Stanley Cups, which is one Mm. less than the Toronto Maple Leafs ever won. And um, <laughs> <laughs> he's imagine one for each finger. No, I know. And, and, but but he uh, he was on the ice, but he missed the first game because Sindon only dressed five D. 
And then he got a hairline fracture in the middle there after Winnipeg, I think, and, and sat out a couple of games. He never lost. He won four and tied one, and those are the games that he dressed. And imagine, the uh, we don't we always think of Henderson and Esposito, but Serge mm-hmm. Savard had quite an impact. So I, it was fun talking to him on podcast this week. He uh, A lot of stories like that. The pride comes back. Um, and, and you're right, Fred, the Russians still think they won, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and they did, really. You know, the fact that they woke us all up and changed hockey. Well, yeah. Uh, I, yeah we discussed that with uh, Scott. We, I said, you know, it's funny because, you know, hockey was never the same in Canada after that. I remember going back to my whatever would have been a, a Bantam team at that point, and, and our coach had pylons on the ice. I'd never seen that before, doing skating drills, all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. By the way, that uh, I think this is it. Let me cross our fingers that this is the speech you're talking about, Phil Esposito talking to Johnny Esau. Yeah, we tried. We did our best. And uh, for the people that boo us, geez, I, I'm really... I, all of us guys are really disheartened and we're disillusioned and we're disappointed in some of the people. We cannot believe the bad press we've got, uh, the, the booing we've gotten in our own buildings. And if, if, if the Russians boo their, their players, if the fans, if Russians boo their players like some of the Canadian fans, I'm not saying all of them, some of them booed us, then I'll come back and I'll apologize to each one of the Canadians. But I don't think they will. I'm really, really, I'm really disappointed. I am completely disappointed. I cannot believe it. Some of our guys are really, really down in the dumps. We know, we're trying, what the hell? I mean, we're, we're doing the best we can, and uh, they got a good team, and let's face facts. But uh, it doesn't mean that we're not uh, giving it our 150%, because we certainly are. How about that, huh? It's mm-hmm. a great moment. Well, you know what's great about that clip watching it, too, is it brings back the memories of these guys sweating, no helmets, <laughs> you know. Yeah. The equipment looks shitty. Um it's just amazing. And then they lost game five, and it looked even more dismal. Yeah, yeah they were up in that, too, and then they lost it. But after that speech, they went to Sweden. They played a couple exhibition games. They shed some of the players. They had too many. They had 35. A couple of guys came back, and uh, that's when things changed. They became a team. They were away from the Canadian media. They were away from the booing in Vancouver, and there was just them against the world. And they did it. And it's a remarkable story, and it's a great documentary. Okay, thanks for that. And and this sort of ties into something we were talking about, and it's not on your uh, thing, but I just brought it up with Dan and Fred, a story about Netflix. Two things, quickly. There, I think you, you've spoken about this before, going to a tier of uh, service where there's going to be commercials. But now they're announcing that they may start to, with certain series, just put them out weekly. And I was saying to Freddie and Dan that I've started, you know, I've watched House of Dragon, which I, I think is amazing, by the way. Yeah. And there's something about waiting for it week to week. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's nostalgia, but I feel like I just enjoy it more rather than sitting there and just spitting out four episodes in an evening. And by the time you go to bed, you're like, you can't really remember sometimes what happened in the, <laughs> was it was the third episode of the dragon. But so what do you think of that? Two things. What do you think of what Netflix is proposing? And also, any thoughts on uh, House of the Dragon? Uh, no thoughts on House of the Dragon. I haven't seen it. I never saw the uh, Game of Thrones or whatever. Shame on you, Bill Brio. Really? Shame yeah, on never, you. Never TV saw it. Guys? Come on, yeah. Bill. No. I like you know why? Because you're prejudiced. The, the dragon on Beanie and Cecil or the sea serpent, that was my, my shtick. That was okay. my jam. Um, the um, Netflix business plan of showing it all at once is flawed. 
what happened when they were just them, they could do that because every week they'd have 10 more shows and, you know, you could watch it in the weekend and then next weekend you'd watch the Netflix thing in the weekend. Now they have less subscribers than Disney Plus, you know. They, they, do they really? It's incredible. Wow. In a year and a half, Disney Plus has gone from zero to 223 uh, million subscriptions around the world. So, well, Disney uh, Plus, I don't think there's a better babysitter in the world right now. <laughs> no, but they babysit everybody from the cradle to the grave. Yeah, you know, that's true. Their and, offer and their is price, Yeah, their price is actually sh- uh, cheaper than Netflix. Really? It's a great, great the you know value but like the show i watch is uh, only murders in the building i love that show and it's once a week you got to wait for it and you're right howard you're, it's the suspense you can hardly wait to get and see it again mm-hmm. you know what time or what it's just like network television yeah know, the day and time so i think that um this idea of waiting is hbo never really left that model they kept doing that with game of thrones and mm-hmm. all their new shows uh and i think that netflix finally realized they can't just spike the ratings anymore like that by giving you eight all at once or ten uh people they, they don't you know they won't come back to netflix for the next one now they go to disney or uh paramount or uh, you know you know Amazon. quickly bill on that point i think you're right because because what what has happened in a lot of series i was reading an article uh, the last couple of days about the worst shows and best shows on netflix and what's happened is there's a bunch of series that i liked i saw season one but I never came back for season two or three because I was like, I don't know when it, by the time it came out again, I had kind of moved on. And I think that's yeah. what happens when you binge a, a series quickly like that. Sometimes you sort of get burned out on it. Yeah, a lot of shows like Hacks, as an example, season one came, everybody saw it. Wow. Yeah, I loved it. And then, um, you know, it was a year later. If you had to wait 52 weeks, sometimes 74 weeks to see season two of something. Yep. And it never seems quite as fresh or new. Uh, uh, half the writers have gone on to another project. Uh, you know, like, it's just, uh, it's hard to do it and be consistent. That's why Only Murders, for me, was wonderful and that season two was just as good as season one but you're right it, that sophomore jinx is a, a tough one for a lot of shows but I, only I mean, go. I mean, even a show i love like shameless like i'd like to go back but i honestly can't remember where i was how many seasons i've seen same with freddie recommended i watch succession i liked it but i never got to season two Cause sometimes again for me it's like okay that was fun but uh, i'm I, I i've moved on um Let's talk and if a you little. remember the Sopranos, you had to wait every week. Yeah, well, to see I, that show, Sopranos, Breaking Bad. Uh, yeah. I used to like Sons of Anarchy. That was only out once a week. Yeah, yeah. So that model works and has for uh, seventy years. And uh, the Netflix one was fine when they were the only guy, the only player. That's a good point. Anymore. Yeah, you know, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> I I was saying to Howard, too, it's like to keep up with this stuff. It's like I've, I have a list as long as my arm to watch this fall. Yeah. And it's almost like sitting down on a Friday night. What should I watch? And I scroll through everything. I end up watching nothing. And it's the same with this list. Where do you begin? It's just too much. And yeah. here's the fascinating I'll thing. Figure T- it out. Tonight, there's a new show on Global that's an import of, an, of a Fox show called Monarch. And it, it's a... Uh, oh. It's with uh, Susan Sarandon, plays the head of a um, uh, a country in Western. It's like the Judds meet Dynasty. It's a frothy, old-time, primetime serial. No one knows. No one cares. And, and you can say this with everything on network TV now. Network TV is so dead 
dead. Mm-hmm. It's almost an overnight funeral we all missed. They just had the Emmy Awards. Yeah. NBC mm-hmm. carries it. They went three hours, and they never promoted anything on NBC. They had mentions for stuff we got on Peacock, but mm-hmm. the streaming is everything. Yeah. And so. No, it used to be the fall, September, run out and get the fat TV guide with all the 40 mm-hmm. new shows. Yeah, fall TV, no one, yeah. No one knows, no one cares, no one's going to watch it. And it's, that's incredible in yeah. my lifetime, having started a TV guide to see that change. Right. It's really, Bill, very different. This may be different, uh, um, a situation for you, but we were saying at the top of the show, before streaming, before the internet, before we had phones in our hands and computers... On a night where there wasn't much on TV, what did we do? That's right. (laughs) How did we spend our time? Did we talk (laughs) to people, Bill? Um, But it was ball hockey, board games. And I said to Fred, when my kids were little, I I would, you know, read to them in the evening, but put them to bed. But we were doing mornings. I got up at 3.30 in the morning. I would go to bed at 9 or 9.30. Uh, But back to what you were saying about network TV. Billy, we've been having this conversation, you and I and Freddie, for a while. I've said that to you when I see the billboards on The Gardener about this uh, new medical drama on CTV. I've said that. Yeah. Who's wa- yeah. who's going to watch a show at 10 p.m. on a Thursday night? Like, because that's what they're saying. You need to watch this thing. Like, I got to take time out of my life at 10 p.m. to watch a show. I'm never going right. to do that again. The only thing I watch by appointment, and I know you guys are the same, is a sporting event. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But, right. How, but Howard, all those shows like Global and uh, CBC Gem. They're all available yes. when you want them. Yeah. Just yeah. you don't know enough about how to do it. You know, like you, you could watch that. Or where to get them. You yeah. could watch that CTV medical show if it's transplant coming up later this month for yeah. the third season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, stream it, watch it anytime on ctv.ca on their app, right. and, and and they're all offered that way. And they they and if you notice the network of billboards and ads, they don't even mention this. <laughs> they, <laughs> that's that's right. all they're saying. Stream yeah. this. Yeah, they've you given up on saying, but that because it seems so antiquated. The same way that it yeah. seems weird to think about that at one time in our lives. One of the things we did when our kids were little was the trip to Blockbuster to go get a movie for the weekend. It was a big deal. Can you imagine leaving your home now to go get a movie? I can watch a movie. I know it was. We would spend an hour in that stupid store going up and down the aisles and trying to be in front of the Disney stuff. And while the kids were busy, you take a quick peek behind the beaded curtains. What's going on back there? (laughs) (laughs) The big Um, decision was whether to buy Twizzlers. That's right. uh, The only thing about ctv.ca and the global one and all that you have to watch the commercials, right? And you cannot scroll through them. Yeah, you that, can't fast forward them. That's part of the deal. There. Yeah. That's true, but there's generally only 45 seconds of ads in no, I know. 20 minutes. It's, it's a shorter okay. nuisance. Right. You, yeah. you know, back to this blockbuster. One, one thing our kids will never know as adults is the uh, phone call back home. Okay, uh, Total Recall isn't available. What, what else would... Here's what's available. There's uh, yeah. Goonies and a Disney film. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Let's uh, wrap this thing up. uh, And, uh, well, you know, listen, we mentioned Rick Mercer was uh, on last night. Um, It's a he did a Just for Laughs Cross Canada comedy series. And, um, yeah, I'm interested. A lot of there's going to be a lot of stand up comics on that. Uh, was all yeah, go ahead. Yeah, two, it'll be Tuesday nights uh, on, yep. on uh, CBC. And, yeah, it's a, nice to see Rick back. He's hosting it. But some of these comedians. Uh, uh, now, Dave, give me some names. 
Well, I, I don't mispronounce his name. Is Mahedji? Dave Maharish. Huge. Maharish. Maharish. Oh, Huge. my God, is he funny? Yeah. He's, he's so very fantastic. funny. Yeah, and uh, he, he was on, he's been on R- Rami for yep. the last uh, couple of seasons. But wonderful to see a guy like him get uh, such a platform. Um, and just a lot of comedians, old and new. DJ Demers. Uh, yeah, very funny. Uh, yeah, you know, semi-deaf comedian DJ Demers is really, really funny. Uh, also, uh, this hour has 22 minutes, 30th season premiere last night. But let's wrap this up with the Lisa LaFlamme thing. Because we also mentioned, like, when we were fired, our non-compete would not allow us to work in this market. Right. How is she working? What do you think? I, I, it fascinates me. I don't know. I've talked about this to a few people. We're all mystified because... This is CTV, and you, you know, if, if you did, if you worked on their copy machine, you you signed a non-disclosure, you signed, a, you know, yeah. a non-compete clause. Uh, for her to be able to cross the street uh, to Rogers, a Rogers like arch rival, and and start go and be in England before CTV and stand there and and report, it's jaw dropping. And I I think that obviously lawyers have talked about this, um, you know. Maybe she just went and did it anyway. And imagine if your CTV, are you really going to get your lawyers together and stop Lisa Laflamme from reporting on the Queen's funeral? Like Canadians are already so pissed off. Yeah. And, you know, that they're dropping your subscriptions and left and right. Um, maybe that's it's just a brazen thing, but that costs money. Usually I, I don't yeah, see. I, I, yeah, I, I, I was. Well, I think your explanation is the one. That makes sense to me. They just, CTV doesn't want to bother. They're already getting so much bad PR to this. They don't want to be like, we sh- we, we're we suing you for, you know, yeah. whatever breach of contract. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just too hot to go there, I think. Yeah. I think so, but it's a, it's incredible. And uh, what, what a nightmare. You know, usually these things have a news cycle of a day and a half. And then, you know, she lands on uh, City News. And she's on the internet telling you instantly what's going on at the, yeah. over in London, and and there's the guys at, at CTV going, oh, you this would only last two days. <laughs> well, you knew it was it's a month later. Here's the thing: you knew it was going to last more than a couple of days when Wendy's and Dove made their I made their mm-hmm. the, the hair go gray. You're like, uh oh, you know that uh-oh. CTV when they saw that they went, uh oh, I think we I think we miscalculated. Is, all the guys in the, in the Bell boardroom, all their hair has gone gray. Of course you know? it is. Uh, because of Including this. their pubic hair. God <laughs> damn it. Uh, by the way, uh, will Brio.tv be uh, observing a holiday on Monday, or will you be feverishly working on your next episode? I'm still working that out with Doug Ford. I think I'm, I have to stay home that day. I think that was the memo. No, <laughs> okay. I, yeah, we'll see. I probably will watch part of that uh, London uh, thing. It's fascinating. Listen, you're you know fascinating. fascinating too. I was reading about the burial. Of course, they don't go under the ground. All these they, no, they go no, to no. St. George or sure, George the Sixth yeah. Crypt or something. Mm, yes, and they stick them in a wall. That's mm-hmm. fun. to me. That's fascinating. I'd love to go there and just know that behind that wall is their skeletons of <laughs> yeah. royal people, like a. Uh, yeah. Like one of those uh, office things. One of those, yeah, like a, yeah. a, a, a legal file. Have a look at. <laughs> That's right. A look file. under Q for Queen. <laughs> yeah. right. Where do we file the old bench? Uh, yeah. Hey, Brio.tv. B I R B R I O U X.tv. That's where you get. Uh, listen to Dave Bedini, who's a fascinating character, talking about yeah. the Summit 72 series. Thank you, William. Always a pleasure. We'll see you in a month. 
Okay, guys, my pleasure. Uh, Bill Brio, of course, our Gig Sky guest of the day. That's who he is today. Our Gig Sky guest of the day, uh, brought to you by the only worldwide mobile data service with affordable rates in over 190 countries. Download the app today for I- iOS. iDroid. Get it for Android or iOS. And, of course, you can enter the code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan. Or visit GigSky.com for more information, Freddie. Yeah, whether you're a sports uh, better, a uh, horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog is your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book, and feature-rich poker rooms in their fully loaded casino and race book, They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Go to Bodog today. Of course, the NFL's back. So much fun to wager on the NFL. It's so clear. It's so cut, you know. Chargers at the Chiefs tomorrow night. That's right, the Thursday nighter. The Chiefs, a four-and-a-half-point pick. The over-under on that is 43. And all uh, week two is there for the NFL. Check it out. That's Mm. Bodog. Yeah, man. Good job. For the Bodog and the uh, and the uh, Gig Sky, I thought. I'm sorry, sir. Go ahead. I'm just uh, I'm just copying and pasting another uh, fish email for tomorrow. You know, another when, my, when me and my uh, sweet doll, uh, we went down to New Orleans for three or four days several years ago, mm-hmm. and I became fascinated with the cemeteries there you walk yeah. through the cemeteries because it's all above ground because of you know it's actually below sea level so they can't bury people in the ground and there were so many of those crypts or whatever you call them above ground like concrete they look like concrete. Mm. a ton of them were cracked with huge cracks right and i was so tempted to get a go get a flashlight and be able, like look down with a flashlight I, oh, I i didn't do it i didn't end up doing it because i thought that might be really creepy but, yeah, it's like right on the other side of that concrete, there's like the remains of people. Yeah, but, you know, why is it any different than if you're at a cemetery, under, you know, a few feet under your feet is the remains, you know, there's skeletons and things. But this is, was above ground and it was in, in like cases that were cracked. You could probably, I probably could have seen something. Like what? What are you looking for? Bones and stuff. And then what would you do? <laughs> or just your... look down with a flashlight and okay, see a good. skull looking back at me. So you did. So there's a skull. What are you going to do? And, and then it wasn't until we got back from New Orleans. I'm reading some stuff about the cemeteries in New Orleans because, again, I was fascinated mm-hmm. for some reason. And there was a warning said, if you're in New Orleans, be very careful. Don't walk around the cemeteries, even in daylight, because that's where a lot of thieves go mm-hmm. to pounce, pounce on uh, the tourists. That's right. While you're looking for bones, somebody's stealing <laughs> your wallet. Yeah. Anyway. Stealing your bone. Uh, that didn't even make any sense. I'll tell you what does make sense. This guy. Every week, you know, it's like I, I saw a story this morning. I'm like, ooh, I wonder if the, the professor will have something to say about that. Uh, putting uh, things in perspective is what he does as a guide, as a mentor, as a friend. He is the retirement Sherpa. You are not Tim.Niblet at RaymondJames.ca. There he is. Look at you. You look great, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Always hey, nice pal. to hear Bill on the show there, too. And uh, yeah, yesterday was my new habit every second day, three plus mile walk and made it without stopping. So it feels good. Well, I'm glad. Yummy. Oh, I saw you in person recently. You look fantastic, but I think you—it seems weekly. You're uh, 
you're uh, thinning out in the face area. Well, just, you know, darker clothes, uh, <laughs> my hair, that sort of stuff. It was um, a lot easier. I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, one of the big stories yesterday, the inflation numbers from the states weren't what they expected. It was up uh, marginally, but that freaked out the markets. Again, uh, you know, as a client, as a friend, what do you tell people? Hey, calm down, folks. Well, we're, we're just not out of the woods yet, right? You know, uh, and thank God. We, we use, uh, for our clients, no bonds and, and our Sherpa style investing, modeling the, uh, endowment funds, pension plans, thanks to the opportunity for the plug. But, you know, as, as far as the, the markets and all, there's, there's just a lot of uncertainty and, and markets are made of people and people don't like uncertainty and things are a little nervous. And so, yeah, any little thing, right? It, it's just like us. If you're, nervous about something and somebody says the wrong word you kind of freak out sometimes that that's just happening right now but as mentioned before it does give the uh, fund managers some great opportunities to buy some some bargains when days like yesterday happen too Mm -hmm. and of course all of this is tied to people's retirements and uh, you raised some questions today about retirement Uh, how when where what you want out of it right Starting with age, starting with age, which is usually top of mind with people. Well, I mean, frankly, I'm going through this myself right Mm -hmm. now, right? I'm 63. I've been at the gig for 30 years and uh, thankfully really enjoy it and and have a lot of great people that I work for. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, you know, what age do you want to? So, you know, we it all starts with a plan. We've had a couple people reach out lately, which is great. And we do the numbers and what it's on track for. But the numbers are only kind of half the story, if that. Mm-hmm. It's what does retirement look like to you? That's really the important part, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, what what age? What what kind of lifestyle do you want to have? There's so many dimensions to getting it right. It's interesting that you uh, are. Uh, this is the topic today because I was having this conversation with my daughters in the evening last night about what I wanted to do this winter, and then I started thinking like, when you're right about once you have a plan, then you can plug in numbers and, and needs. But I think for a lot of people, and I'm going through this too, is what is that plan? What what does it look like? Where do you see yourself spending the winters, or even you know living? You know, at some point, I'm in a five-story building. I'm going to have to figure something else out. And I think that ties in with what you're talking about, which is that's part of what you would you would counsel people on. You've got to figure out where it is you need to go, and then we can decide what numbers will work with that. Yeah, yesterday we were with some clients, and um, we'll say 50 wants to kind of retire in 10 years uh, or at least have the option to well, if that, well, that's not necessarily an early retirement. I think it's 45, 55, whatever, mm-hmm. but, you know, wants to look to retire earlier than, than many would nowadays. Well, that might mean they don't stay in their home forever too, right? That they might need to check in, uh, and, and take advantage of some of the equity in their, their home. They're in the GTA. There's lots of excess there so yeah all those pieces of the puzzle fit together right like travel of course howard's one of the main things we usually think of when we're talking about uh retirement how much do we want to travel how many years will we be able to travel for do we think as well it's funny like uh culture or you know following the path of you know your your parents or whatever 
when my parents retired, travel wasn't part of it. Travel was never part of the world because they could never afford it. Mm-hmm. So when they retired, their idea of retirement was just not going to work. Yeah, same with my dad. My dad didn't, you know, go yeah. away in the winter. So how many kids, you know, are of that mindset that had parents like that? Luckily, you know, I have the means to think about travel, but... Again, it's just one of those things. Some people were conditioned to watch their parents travel or parents do certain things, so they expect to do that, and then others otherwise, if I explain that properly. Right, absolutely. We often just follow in the footsteps, Mm -hmm. right? And another thing I think people need to think about is in a lot of cases, our job's such a part of our identity and our self-worth, of mm-hmm. course, right? And and you're no longer the VP of whatever or the executive this or the sales manager that when uh, you retire to other people. What kind of things you, can you do to do your Maslow self-actualization? What kind of things can kind of still give you that reason to wake up in the morning, to give you the self-worth, the esteem, and that sort of thing? That, that's a super important piece of the uh, thought process as well. And, and I like that we're having this conversation with you because you think, okay, a financial advisor is just one component of the Sherpa experience. And uh, the conversations that you have with your clients, and you know, I can attest to that, that it's more than just, oh, here's how much you have and here's how much you'll have in retirement. It's what do you want to do and can you afford to do that? But I think it starts, with, like you say, it, it starts with a plan. And then once you can sort of articulate that plan then you go to someone like you and you say okay well these are some of the things i want to do can i afford it and if i can't what can i afford yeah if you if you don't know you know uh, where you're going any road will get you there sort of thing right so uh, it's just and it's different for everybody i I get asked the question so often like how much is enough or Mm -hmm. when should i retire or what should i do and uh, of course the answer is different for everybody i've I've had clients go back to university in retirement, right? To take the course they never had the chance to uh, take when they were growing up, so to speak. Hey, maybe, maybe the how man will finally get his grade 12. Exactly, <laughs> that sort of thing. There's, there's another great point here that people have to think about. It's non-monetary. Interaction with your spouse. That situation where you both often... Went out to work for eight, eight, ten hours a day. You only saw each other for a couple hours a day, and you really loved those two hours because you got to see the person that you're in love with. All of a sudden, retirement hits, and you're together 24 hours a day. And that can be a challenge. It really can be. All of a sudden, you learn and you see things about this person you never expected or knew or whatever. And just the fact that you're around each other so much can cause certain stresses. Uh, oh, very yeah. important for people to think about. Yes, I, I was proactive in that uh, concern. I was, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going to take care of that now so that it's not a problem later. But it is. Isn't it true, Tim? I mean, the incidence of, of divorce uh, of people in their 60s is skyrocketing for that reason. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I've seen it a number of times too when maybe one wasn't in the workforce, certainly working, but not Mm -hmm. outside of the home and, uh, or or one just retires before the other one does and they kind of get into their rhythm of what they, they do in the morning or where they go and who they see and, uh, then all of a sudden the other person's around all the time That's right. under a foot. You're like, who and are you? Screws up the whole, uh, the whole rhythm of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, another advisor I know of, and I, I should be as proactive as, uh, they were, um, 
when clients were getting close to retirement, they would kind of have a seminar on a few things, and one of them was just how to communicate, interact, and coexist with your spouse for more hours than you ever have over yeah. the last decade or three. Well, I went to one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Well, but, you know, in our case, like we were around and, you know, we had an unusual existence because yeah. we were around so much during the day. I spent, you know, all that time with your kids, which was great, but also all that time with your spouse. And so and even though in your case, Freddie, mm-hmm. Doll was out of the, the home during mm-hmm. the day. So mm-hmm. ostensibly, this time in your life might be the most time you've spent during the day with one another. Absolutely. Day to day, I would get home from the edge or whatever and uh, i had the house to myself till like four o'clock when the kids got home and uh that's changed uh, speaking of kids tim uh, i had both the kids uh, over for dinner last night and spencer went up uh to do something and charlie my eldest i, I was talking about uh this little investment uh, blah 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 and then all of a sudden she's like well do you have enough i said what I was like, she started wanting, she wanted to know how much I was worth. I'm like, it's none of your goddamn business. But I got the feeling that she's like trying to figure out, is there going to be enough for me? I said, no, because I have two things. I was joking with her. I'm like, don't worry, you're not going to have to take care of me. Although she could. But uh, that is something that parents and families have to think about, which is the legacy. And that's another thing you have to decide. What is it you want to leave? Yeah, you know, we could talk about this for three weeks, right? Because there's so many cool uh, layers to it. Well, and Charlie's very, very sharp, so she's probably just proactively. <laughs> well, that's, her, she's trying uh, to probe what her, she's going to be. Her, <laughs> her own strategy. But yeah, you know, some people it's really important. Uh, you know, to to let the kids. Well, now something in in the GTA that people are thinking about is helping kids out buying homes, of sure. course, right? And and acting on mm-hmm. uh, too. So that that's become part kind of the plan for a lot of people where it didn't before. Some want to leave it to a, a creative foundation, even or leave it to a charity and and all that sort of thing. I mean, uh, you know, we're. We're blessed with a lot of wealth in, in uh, the GTA on, on average, right? Uh, home, home prices haven't hurt. So it's nice to leave a little bit uh, behind to make the world a better place, too. Yeah, and legacy is something that it takes some um, serious planning as well because you don't want to, uh, you want to uh, keep as much from the, the clause of the government as possible mm-hmm. as well. So that's plenty. Yeah, absolutely. You want, you want to be proactive on that for sure. Uh, again, I mentioned the homes. Uh, I mentioned the past going on. Uh, travels with family while you're still alive to enjoy it all together or whatever and all uh, i am noticing people are in, instead of kind of getting to the finish line and giving this big chunk to the family uh is enjoying it together while they're, while they're still able to which makes a heck of a lot of sense no that's a good point too <clears throat> um listen man uh, as you say there's lots to be discussed and it's not just numbers and and profit and loss it's all about planning and that's the sherpa experience what you heard just there is a microcosm of the kind of discussion you can have with tim Tim.nibble at RaymondJames.ca. Always uh, interesting and uh, fun to catch up with you. And I'm glad that you're feeling a little bit better, getting some walks in. And, you know, hopefully before the end of the year, we'll uh, get our annual game in together. Yeah, thank you. I've had lots of clients, of course, asking me, which is... uh much appreciated and all and uh, not going to play uh, ladies night tonight but I'm going to try the hustlers on Saturday so we'll see you on well, that. I will uh, see you there on Saturday I'm not coming yeah. maybe I'll come and sit with all you you know cigar smokers at the end well not me brother no <laughs> no, no, no you're done for a bit me. 
No, oh, that's good we're, we're done for now. All right. Thank you, Timmy. I'll Take see care. you. Uh, so, well, we'll have you back next Wednesday, and I'll see you on Saturday. Looking forward to it. Have a great day, guys. Enjoy and profit. Yeah, there's some good uh, discussions there, boy. Um, <clears throat> you know, that, that idea of enjoying some of the money now, I, I've been thinking a lot about that lately because of uh, some circumstances. Like, and, I, and I, I know you've had this discussion with me. We've had it together about, you know, doing some things now as opposed to putting it off until you're in your 70s. When you may not be able to be as mobile and get around as much, you never know. Like you, you know, the there's this uh, sort of new thinker guy named Sam Harris. A lot of people know him from his uh, podcast called Waking Up, and it's about you know the idea of perspective. And uh, you know, we're all just one shitty phone call away from your whole life being turned upside down. And I'm being serious. Like you know, you go to the doctor. You know, you went to your new doctor, they find something and, you know, all of a sudden now that becomes your life. The disease you've got, it's at a stage where, you know, it's no joke. It's not like, oh, something in the future. And I've been thinking about that, you know, about travel and about experiences and, and you know, and, and what Tim brings up today about if you, you're thinking about, you know, and Charlie pointed out, we're talking about our jobs, you and me. And she said, well, you're like semi-retired. I go, yeah, absolutely. You know, this is the perfect, you know, uh, gig for us because if we worked at a radio station now, not that anyone would have us, but we'd be going into the show every day and it would become, I don't think we, neither of us, I'm talking for myself, but I know you, neither of us want that. Even if they offered us, I mean, on the Derringer thing, even if they offered us a ton of money, I don't know that we would want it now for the lifestyle that we have in exchange for what we have created for ourselves. Would you not agree? Yes. I don't think about that so much anymore because nobody's going to hire a 66-year-old man or maybe even a 63-year-old man because... 62. 62. Um, Yeah. um, I was talking to a buddy yesterday, and we were talking about another buddy we grew up with who died a few weeks ago. I didn't find out about it until recently. A kid lived across the street. And then we were talking about he, him. He died in his sleep at 66, our age. And then we were going through this list of other guys we've known in maybe the past 10 years that have died, mm-hmm. right? And I'm thinking, and I, and I knew these guys quite well. And it's like no travel for them, no grandkids to enjoy for them. And it's what you just said, a phone call away or a heart attack away. I mean, you got to live really for the moment and take advantage of what you can like day to day. You and I, I just think I think of the next 10 years. What am I going to do? And maybe that's a flaw because there may not be 10 years. Yeah. Go as you say, go for the gusto now. Well, I mean, part of it is like, you know, and this came up again, the the kids were talking about, and and I'll just say it as a proud dada, uh, you know, Charlie has created this character with her dog, her and her partner, and the dog is taken off. And I know most of the listeners have heard of Booby Billy. Well, Booby Billy has a book that is, you know, in pre-release now on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Like, it's a pretty cool thing. And they're all going to New York. Charlie's going to New York next month to do some press for this book. And I said, because Spencer was talking about maybe going 
with Charlie, and then I found out that Randy, their mom, might go along mm. to celebrate the this thing. And I said, you know, like I said to the kids, I said, we should all go. Because when, you know, as a family, you know, when are we, this is a moment, like we should be there. And I was thinking about that. I mean, he's going to pop in for the weekend to see Charlie and the book release. But it's those moments that, you know, I, I can't put them off forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not going to come along. Th- yeah, they, they're not going to come along again. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know. And as I said, you know, yeah. you know, you're only a call or two away from your whole life being about whatever disease you're now going to be fighting. And as you guys know, I will not be waging a heroic battle with whatever disease I get. I will be waging a sucky battle. <laughs> I've told that to Dan. <laughs> I said that to Dan once. I said, Dan, I just want you to know, if I get cancer, I will not be waging a courageous battle with it. It will not be. <laughs> and when people when people talk about, let's say, uh, oh, you know, Howard Glassman's life ended today. He waged a very sucky, pissed off battle with cancer. He annoyed everyone around him till the end <laughs> about how, why me? His last words were really, are you fucking kidding? Come on. <laughs> what a whiner that is. That <laughs> he, whined, he whined himself into oblivion. <laughs> His last words were, are you kidding me? This is how I go. <laughs> he did not recognize the signs of sepsis. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I, I guess we should all prepare for final words. Though, have you got any final words? Like, you yeah, know, mine are. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Is this a joke? <laughs> I know Fred's final words. Yeah. Loving you. No, I was going to be sucking it. That's what sucking on it. Sucking on it. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's no. Yours uh, will be sucking it. on it, sucking on it all night, dead. Yeah, you know, I'm just. Uh, just uh, how you started this it's true like you just take so much for granted and you have your plans and then you could find out tomorrow that something is going to grind that all to a halt I mean you can't obsess over that but at the same time you've got to accept that that can happen and conduct yourself accordingly which gets back to what you said experience do things now because you just never know here's um Uh, I follow this guy on Twitter, and I, uh, it's, I didn't again not not thinking of this conversation, but uh, it's uh, a guy named Ryan Holiday, and he's sort of a a guy who follows sort of this stoic philosophy, and and he's uh, put out this thing: it's seven questions that can change your life. Is this in my control? What am I missing by choosing to worry or be afraid? Am I doing my job? Who is this for? Does this actually matter? What does my ideal day look like? And who do I spend time with? And when you get to our age, you know, a lot of those things that used to bother all of us, myself included, that don't really matter as much anymore, especially knowing your friend died. You know, I've got people that passed away. You know, I remember having this discussion with uh, XGFR and I said, you know, having gone through the passing of my parents it does something to your perspective on you know getting kind of bent out of shape over the day-to-day problems we all have because at some point you know we're all going to have bigger issues than how much was the haddock at the fish and chips place well that's pretty big though (laughs) okay that was a bad you know what you're right that was, was a bad, a bad comparable. <laughs> okay. It's like, hey, Fred, uh, those uh, spots might be cancerous. Yeah, but what about the haddock? 
And not only that, but, you know, when you have kids and grandkids and everything, it's just not your health and your well-being. You know, if something happens to them, it's, you know, like you're in your, okay, and it, the, these are horrible thoughts, but you know, I'm. You're in your mid sixties. You're uh, you're planning for retirement. These are going to be your golden years, the time to enjoy yourself. And then something happens, catastrophic, catastrophic or or serious to somebody you love. That change that can change your your right. whole life and perspective. It's you know, I don't know. Well, on that note, <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's let's pick it up a bit, everybody. Uh, let's pick it up, and uh, maybe we should go go to our go to, you know, our our our, our crutch <laughs> or something. Can you? Can we do one? Something to do with aging and senior and retirement and long penises? Cocky. <laughs> you got anything like that in your bag? <laughs> You know what? I don't, but give me a second. Okay, I'm sure second. we can come I'll up with some, something. I'll craft something quickly. Uh, hey, buddies. Hey, buddies. It's time for this. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the Anchorman comes as fast for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the Anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. Goddamn right it is, and now live from, uh... Live from Lisa's house. And by the way, I just checked on uh, Dan Duran's Facebook page if you want details about seeing Dan Duran and lovely Lisa and their uh, fundraising play reading. Mm-hmm. The, song, uh, the song. The play is called... Uh, Constellations. Constellations. That's uh, happening this weekend. Uh, so uh, go and check it out. Uh, in the meantime, here at Dan Duran. Flying an old dead lady around breaks a flight-following record. More than 5 million people were online watching a little plane arrow on a screen like, you know, NORAD Santa Tracker, yep. you know, that thing in the plane where, you know, when you're taking a flight. They, anyway, following the Royal Air Force flight carrying Queen Elizabeth's coffin from Edinburgh to London, making it the most tracked flight ever on the Internet. Tracker service Flight Radar 24 said the flight was tracked by 4.79 million on its website, and there was another uh, 300,000 on YouTube. The previous record was set last month when um, 2.9 million people tracked U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's controversial spite, uh, flight to Taipei. Mm. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at Charles' desk, the Grouchy King. King Grouchy. King Grouchy, King Grouchy the Third. <laughs> you wanted me to get audio. It's you know, I don't, I, there's audio. I, out I've there got that, the audio if you want it. Oh yeah, well I got it too. Do but you it's, have you know, it? It's going to be a little vague, right? Because it just and I just know. watched it by the way again. He's just he really does get pissy. Yeah, it's better to. Did watch. he not know? That's my question now, though. He knows he's going to be. You know, sort of under some scrutiny. Could he not have seen? Like, I, I know earlier in the show, I was like, "Oh, well, let's give him a break because his mom just died." But I mean, seriously, <laughs> like, have a yeah. fucking clue. And by the way, the thing about the ears, you know what he's done? He's grown his sideburns. Yes, okay. And they right. seem like they're like ear wings. Like they just sort of they they reduce the size of his ears. He may have had right. them pinned like a Doberman, but it's like his. <laughs> 
his 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 sideburns are very bushy. The royal pinning. <laughs> That's right. Uh, do you want to play this, Dan? Yeah, sure, I can play it. Oh, here's yeah, Charles. You're getting you. all pissy about the pen. Yeah, okay. Here you yeah. go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bloody. Bloody. What he, was, what he was saying there is, I can't bear this bloody thing. Yeah. Every stinking time. Well, you know, as, as a citizen, it's like, buddy, if if that's going to cause you that much grief, I'm yeah. not sure I want you to be my king. Like, and, and then and then Camilla sat down. <laughs> yeah, and she went. He, by the way, she, the weird thing about that thing too is he he gets pissed off and then he bolts and then Camilla's there all by herself trying to fucking mm-hmm, sign the thing. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. she's, and then she's got her mouth open when she uh, kind of, uh, what is that opening way? Well, and when she's signing, she's sort of like her, her you know his, her mouth was just you know flappy open with her and you know flappy. She, she was available for that because they've canceled horse racing for the next few days. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Jose, Jose, oh. Her mouth was open because she hadn't had her oats yet. Is that what you, is that what you want to do? Is that what you want to go? That's what I'm trying to say, yeah. Canada has no plans to replace the queen with King Charles III on its money. This is the story from Fortune magazine. Um, the current polymer $20 banknote is intended to circulate for years to come, and there is no leg- legislative requirement to change the design uh, a spokesman for the Bank of Canada said on Thursday of last week so we'll be having the queen in our money will there be a King Charles coin maybe and by the way Freddie she's not just on the 20 uh, also on the coins as well if you ever see a coin oh, yeah yeah she's on, on the coins and I think on, as we we talked about this the other day on the thousand as well yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what about the horse race, the Queen's Plate? What will that would that still be the Queen's Plate? Uh, wonder, good question. I don't wonder. know if that would switch to the King's Plate. I doubt it. Um, yes. Did it exist prior to Queen Elizabeth? Oh no, no. Back in when was the last Queen? Was Queen Victoria? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Queen Victoria. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old that horse race mm-hmm. is, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Horse face. Uh, probably not. I guess that's a fixed in name. I don't know. Um, well, you know what will lighten the mood on this show always? Excuse me. I don't um, here's an interview uh, years ago. Leslie Nielsen, who was a comedic actor, who, legend has it, would travel with a uh, fart cushion. Oh, where, yeah. where and, and wherever he would go, uh, he would find amusement in using the fart cushion to comedic um, in, enjoyment. Here's a little interview. I found. Excuse me. I don't know whether I can do this. I'll do the best I can, though. All right. We're getting near lunch, and I know you're yeah. a little... Well, it was the salmon. Sometimes you just get a wrong piece of salmon. Was that you? Well, I don't see anybody else in here who's going to be doing it. Excuse me. But you can show it. I don't care. I just don't care anymore. These things don't bother me. All right. Well, then let's... We'll start now, then we'll begin. <laughs> Did you hear the starter pistol? <laughs> Keep your ears open. <laughs> All right, now we'll begin. <laughs> For me too, right? I'm beginning. <laughs> Talking with Leslie. <laughs> Nielsen. Yes. Plays the president. Yes. What's different about you and the real president? 
Nothing. <laughs> you want to do things? <laughs> you know, I wanted. To- By the way, he's like an old man while he's doing this. He's still doing this bit into his seventies. Oh no, it's fantastic! So there you go. A little um, and remember, humor. you know, a few years ago, those wireless. Fart yeah. machines came out where you could put them under somebody's chair and like sort of throw the fart. Oh, very yeah, remote control. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, and they were great. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the research into fart, you know, funny fart technology has really uh, yeah. grown over the years. Mm. Yeah, I'll tell you, it makes people laugh. I don't care what anybody says. It's um, funny. Daniel, do you have any other news? Uh, not really. I That's mean, fine. I, you know, one, it, not, not further. I mean, I could. One of the things I, it's amazing what's happening in the Ukraine, how uh, Zelensky has managed the uh, the media. It, mm. it just uh, he's just done an incredible job. And the other day I was just uh, he, he sent a, tw- a tweet out with a, a really interesting quote the way, you, you know, I, I just don't see too many world leaders doing what he's doing. Here's that quote. It was about. Uh, it came out right after they uh, they invaded, uh, or they they pushed forward with that that offensive that pushed the Russians back. Without gas or without you, without you. Without light or you, without you. Without water or you, without you. Without food or you, without you. Cold, hunger, darkness, and thirst are not as scary as uh, and deadly for us as your friendship and brotherhood. But history will put everything in its place, and we will be with gas, light, water, and food, and without you. Wow. Yeah, well, Freddie said it yesterday, and it's kind of worrisome that Putin, uh, even now... This was after the show that you and I had this discussion. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, then have it, because I have a comment on it. Was it it on No, I was just saying... it could be troubling that the Russians are getting beat through this, and you know, there's all sorts of soldiers abandoning uh, the army. They haven't been paid. They're hungry. They're cold. Yeah. They're losing a lot of equipment. I mean, that all sounds good on the surface, like Ukraine's winning. But then, then does Putin become desperate and do something right. horrible, right? Catastrophic. The other thing yes. that's happening, and we didn't talk about this whenever we had that <clears throat> discussion, is that on Russian television now. There's been some pushback from commentators. Uh, when this war started in the winter, they weren't even allowed to call it a war. It was a special fucking in whatever. Military operation. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. now there's, there's dissidents or there's people in the press and, and in Russia. That's what's, what's also going to be, you have to be careful is because the, the, the tide is turning with the people of Russia. They're trying to figure out, like, well, what are we really doing there? Enough Russians are getting information from outside of Russia. You know, it was it was actually you would get thrown in jail at the beginning of this if you even said the word war on Russian television. Right. I read, too, it's a bit like Vietnam War, uh, where enough Russians have died now that pretty much everybody knows someone who has died. And then they ask the question, why? That's right. So when it becomes personal, it's okay. I lost this person I know. And why did I lose them? To fight Nazis in the Ukraine? Yeah. 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 Uh, But very good, Dan. Thank you. Thank you for that reporting. Dan Duran's Mm -hmm. News Today brought to you by GoDaddy. GoDaddy powers small business and entrepreneurs. And they've been doing it for over 25 years, servicing over 20 million countries and customers. I'm sorry. Customers worldwide. Uh, millions of countries, too, I would imagine. You know what? If there were that many countries, you would be able to get GoDaddy service. Uh, 
If you are looking to, let's say, get your small business uh, side hustle, get it started, this is the time to do it. There's no, there's no better time than now to get it online, create your domain, get your website going with GoDaddy, bring it to life. GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support. They're also here to help you every step of the way. You can start your website for free. That's no money. Start it for free with GoDaddy today and try it out. No credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Little April wine. Have we ever had Miles Goodwin on the show? Maybe we should talk to Boone because I would like to get Miles Goodwin on the show before we... uh, shut the show down at some point because he made a little a lot of great music this band made in canada across uh, along the years and uh, you know another great story of a band that could have been worldwide famous but uh wasn't you know that's all yeah good points we never did talk about the michelin star restaurants that <clears throat> no no we did not we do that tomorrow yeah we could do that tomorrow we didn't yeah. talk about the fact that there's this weird... I don't, I don't want to get into it now because it's going to take some discussion, but some weird pushback to uh, Disney's live-action Little Mermaid uh, being a black woman. Just unbelievable to me that we haven't gotten past that. Uh, what else did we not talk about today? Oh, yeah, tomorrow we'll do some emails, lots of stuff about fish. <laughs> there is Red's, a lot of fish Red's stuff. Fish. A lot Red's of fish. fish. A lot of fish. And then tomorrow will be the uh, first... Uh, First four-day uh, Humble and Fred uh, week since uh, the May long weekend. So, you know, get ready for it. Prepare yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've got the weekend to recover. That's true. Well, we got a four-day weekend because of the Queen's oh, right. yes. holiday. Queen, and the queen, queen, the queen. <laughs> Fucking damn. What is today? Is today this, isn't today the morbid march where they, down the road, the, they have the coffin on the, in the carriage and the family walks behind well, again, it's going to have some meaning for a lot of people who are going to line up those tens of thousands oh, of people hour, waving hour. at the they coffin. They started lining up yesterday. Oh, they started they? Lining, up si- uh, lining up outside the church where yeah. she's going to lie in state or, and then to file by the coffin and touch it. Like, yeah. Really? The Freedom Coffin. <laughs> I wonder if they sell <laughs> It's the Freedom Coffin. I'm taking a Freedom. And the fucking coffin's got Fuck Trudeau stickers on the side of it. Yeah. Freedom Coffin. I'm thinking, though, can you imagine lining up for hours and hours and hours and hours just to file by a coffin? Mm. I wonder if they're going to sell those passes like they do at Wonderland. They get the, uh, to the front of the line, right? No. I'll tell you what, man. Mm. There'd be a lot of people buying some uh, fish and chips in that line. It's like, <laughs> hell, this is some, some fish. $20. Yeah, the Freedom Coffin. That's what we're going to call it. Um, all right. Well, thanks to Bill Brio, and uh, thank you to uh, Tim Nibbler. What a sex uh, segment that was today! Very interesting. And uh, of course, as always, thank you Dan Duran, uh, bureau chief, uh, reporting as always from uh, from all points of the world. Right. We'll see you all tomorrow. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. You can email us. We'd love to hear from you. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. 
For Humble and Friend, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, halibut is a flatfish with two goofy eyes on one side of its body. And haddock is a normal fish. And as always, as Howard says, enjoy every goddamn day. saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?